You're listening to a CNA podcast. Welcome back, podcast listeners. I hope you had a good weekend. You're listening to CNA's work and career podcast, Work It. Go find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, even on YouTube Music. Follow us there too. Hi there, this is Adrian here. Yes, every week we have interesting guests who have so much to share about their work life. Like 25-year-old Teo Chai mm. we chatted with her about managing your manager, so do check it out. Today we have in the studio Yo Chien Chien. She's the Managing Director of ASENS Agile Leadership Coaching and Training. She was recently in the 40 over 40 women's list. Is that right, Chien Chien? Yes, that's right. And Chien Chien made an unexpected career switch from teaching mathematics to leadership coaching. So mm-hmm. she started out as a math teacher in Singapore, nurturing young minds and guiding them through complex equations. But she felt drawn to having a more direct impact on organizational leadership and team dynamics. So she decided to pivot, obtain her credentials in executive coaching. And for over a decade now, she has empowered corporate executives, emerging leaders and public servants to maximize their potential. And she's also the author of a new book, Leaders People Love, The Agile Leader's Guide to Creating Great Workplaces and Happy Employees. With that, welcome to our podcast, Chin Chin. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, Crispina and Adrian. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Chin Chin, you regularly consult with Fortune 500 leaders. What are some of the myths and misconceptions that people have about such leaders? People think they are like anointed few who are born with certain skill set or superpower. Uh, Mm. They're born with the name card. Yeah, they're destined (laughs) to be great people. But you know, when you work with the Fortune 500 or any company or any senior leaders from any organization, you will find that they are flesh and blood. They have the same kind of blood that runs through their veins. They are people just like all of us. They have the same fears. Yes. Self-doubt. Yes. Mm. Imposter syndrome. Really? Yes. A Fortune 500 CEO can have imposter syndrome. Yes, or the introverts who will freak out just before some big event, like, oh my God, I'm going to bore everyone to death. Would everyone be listening to me or not? For today, Chen Chen, we wanted to get your take a little bit more. We hear a lot about soft skills, right? And nowhere is this more important than in someone who is a leader. Maybe can you break it down for us? Maybe give us two critical soft skills you think managers need to have for a start Mm-mm. anyway as soon as they assume some sort of leadership position what are two things that kind of they struggle with they need to get a hang of right so if I just limit to just two only two Crispina there are yeah. so many <laughs> we start with two first like two okay the two I will go for number one building trust okay mm-hmm. number two is being other centric Okay, tell me a little bit more about building trust. So a lot of leaders think they are good people. I mean, of course, they are good people. But the issue with very complex and diverse workplaces is it doesn't matter whether you are a good person or not. Mm. It matters more whether others trust you or not. Okay. Mm. There's this statement that I, I think many people would have heard of it before. We judge ourselves based on our intentions but we judge others by their behavior. Right. So when it comes to... That's true. Mm. Yeah, so when it comes to leaders, a lot of their behaviors are misinterpreted, causing trust to be broken. Right. If you look at all workplaces now, they're transforming so quickly. Right. You need to implement strategy from the boardroom 
to the ground level, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't do it without trust. Yeah. Let me unpick that a little bit, right? It's true. When I do something, I think, hey, I didn't mean for it to sound the way it sounded. Like, I didn't mean to hurt you. I did it because I had to, right, for the team or whatever. But if my boss does something and then I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's not nice behavior. Maybe you can share like a typical scenario where this kind of lack of trust can be muddled when people don't really know the signals or cannot read things clearly? Mm. So let's say if you work in a multicultural team, mm. certain cultures are less expressive. Okay. Right? They are very fact-focused. Mm. They don't talk about their fears, their concerns. So the instruction that comes from them can sound very harsh. Not like my army days. Yeah, just get it done. Don't ask why, right? Just, it's beyond my pay grade. Just do what you're told, right? Don't make your problem my problem. All right? Or, right, or right. don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. Oh my God, I can't. Or don't come that to much. me at all. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah, don't come to me until you have some good news to tell me. So the way they communicate, if I describe it, it's a very flat way of communicating. Factually not wrong. It's not wrong, but emotionally it feels terrible. Yeah. Mm. Right? And then there are other cultures where they will focus on the emotional quality. Mm. They will express, I'm so sorry to make you do this. I can't wrap my head around why we need to do this. But the instruction is coming from the top. Let's all try to get it done and see how things unfold. Uh, yeah. So some cultures are a lot better in explaining the emotions, the underlying tones that yep. are happening. Mm. But some are like, nope, just get it done. Don't ask. Yeah, would overdoing that also somehow backfire? It will. It will. That's where the soft skills come in. Mm. And with every workplace, the tone is different. Yes. Right? So yeah. the contextual understanding, the situational understanding is very important. Mm. In our midst, there is a large group of people who are middle managers. Right, they have to manage the gap. Right. Mm. So you kind of need to position yourself to be the ally of your bosses. Yes. Right. You don't want to create rebellion. Yeah. Within an organization, then. But how do you very cleverly manage the difficult gray area? Yes. That's where all the soft skills come in. Mm. So when I talk about them building trust, you build trust with the people you lead. You build trust with your bosses. Mm. You are not a yes person. But you say what is needed right. to help the organization move forward. Mm. And with any news that is unpopular or unconventional, you need a high amount of trust. I love this gray area mm. business, I have to say. What's the second thing? Being other-centric. Ah, yes. Ah, other I love centric. that. Yeah. So that has to do with the way we communicate. We try to influence and persuade. So I like to talk about, say, introverted leaders because mm -hmm. I'm an introvert myself. I had to learn a specific way to deliver my content yeah. mm. so that you don't burn out, right? Mm. And mm. I suppose it's like attract like. So introverted leaders then tend to want to work with me. Yeah. So they always come thinking about influence and persuasion as a performance. Mm. But I say, no, it's not about you. It's about them. Hmm. Right? You, you look at our stages of development as human beings, we focus a lot of effort on being good in what we do. Yes. Right? Gaining the mastery. Yeah. So we are so concerned about what we want to tell the world. 
Right. But when you reach a certain level, at a senior level, it's more about what your listeners need to hear and how can you inject the right message. Mm. Right. Mm. By then, you are a master at what you do. If you now harness the best of what you can do and what motivates others, what's important to them, then you can weave the message. Yeah. Uh, much more compellingly. That's kind of like the sweet spot. Yes. But that kind of takes time. <laughs> and I would does. imagine it's naturally very painful for introvert to communicate with others regularly just to gain their trust, to understand from their point of view. I, I had this boss. He's really boss level when it comes to introvertedness. Um, he would come to office 9 o'clock, go to his room, shut the door, and you will only see him when it's uh, 6 o'clock, mm. when it's after office hour. You'll be lucky to see him come out for lunch. So he's really purebred introvert one. And I, of course, there's no communication, nothing mm. at all. Mm. But that is his natural state. And on that notion, does it mean maybe for introverted people, perhaps don't really look at leadership? It doesn't come naturally to you? What do you have to say to them? Yeah, mm. that some soft skills are harder to develop. So the purpose of why we want to develop certain soft skills, I think that's very important. Like, why do you want to lead in the first place? Mm. Right? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, right. One of the first things most of the leaders recognize is alone, we can only do so little. Yeah. We need to be able to mobilize a team, a large group of people. Yeah. Then yeah. the strategy for introverts is how can I make every word I say count? Mm. Connecting with people drains my energy. Then I want to make sure every investment on connecting with people will give me a high payoff. Yeah. Mm. Right. So I have to be very strategic. Yeah. Who do I speak with? What do I talk about? Yeah. What is the outcome I want? Which part of myself do I offer yeah. so that I can build the trust? Right. I guess in introverts, they have one superpower, which is listening. Mm. They are very good in listening. So if you give me one more option, like the third <laughs> one, I would say the listening skill. Yeah. Listening, because a lot of the senior leaders don't listen enough. Mm. Back in the mode where we are masters at what we do, we spend so much time telling the world what we know mm -hmm. and we forget to listen. I think because at their level, they think they know it all. They have conquered the world. They yeah. are really number one. I know all the answers. I don't need to listen. I mean, to be fair, some people do know more in a room if you're a master of your craft. Come on. If Jeff Bezos was in the room, he knows the most, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So you develop this idea that not just, not just because of your position, but because of your experience, because of all the things you go through, because of the people that you meet, naturally, you are the most endowed guy in the room. So you become impatient with hearing people, right? You don't listen anymore. Mm. I feel like that's quite common. Yes, it's a common and it is a pitfall, right? Mm. It will be eventually the cause of the downfall. Oh, really? I mm. feel so. Like mm. uh, recently, I spoke with 60 scientists about the art of communication. Okay. And I told them this. When we are experts, we speak a lot. People look at us as advisors. But the disadvantage is we talk too much. Right. And when we talk too much, what happens? Actually, some of them already know it. One of the scientists put out his hand and he said, we stop listening. I said, yes, exactly. If everyone's talking, who is listening? <laughs> and there's a fine line between arrogance and ignorance. Mm. The world mm. transforms so quickly. What you know to be correct today 
mm-hmm. might no longer work tomorrow. Yeah, but it's also the humility, the intellectual humility, right. right? Even if I know everything there is to know about it, it's always interesting to hear what somebody else's perspective on it is because I bet it's different from mine. So, so that's where you're coming from. That you can always learn by listening. You need correct. to have the self awareness first. <laughs> correct, correct. So when we came yeah. to the two things, the first one is to build trust. Second uh-huh. one to be other centric. Being other centric means you are also curious about other people. Yeah, yeah. you would ask that. Oh, that's a different point of view. Tell me mm-hmm. more about that mm-hmm. instead of shutting them down and say that. Hey. You don't think like us. I don't think you're in the right place. Ah, hmm, so many other attributes that we can talk about: EQ, patience, empathy, humility, as we mentioned earlier on, mm. and a lot of how we are as managers is really forged from our own experiences. Yeah. And some aspiring leaders or even existing leaders may not have that experience. Henceforth, that is how they operate. So, how, what would you advise leaders who may lack these skills? And also, are there any data that shows what are some of the common traits of such? Struggling leaders. Hmm. Common traits of struggling leaders. <laughs> Otherwise sad. known as toxic bosses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One thing is, okay. All of us have life experiences. Yeah. Have we evaluated the experience or not? That's the question. Mm. Right. When I started, I was younger. Many of them are more senior. Yeah. Right, compared to me, but the shocking thing is, they they have never. Evaluated their past experiences, they have been repeating their mistakes. Oh, so much so that you can see a pattern. I see. So much so that mm. they become toxic bosses without knowing. Mm. Yeah, they don't even think it's a wrong thing, right? They don't even know. And you become expert in it. Yes, <laughs> because toxic. you you repeat the mistake, you get real good at the mistake. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. I think that's quite a good point. I think there are some leaders who, because maybe they are corporate leaders, when they were young people, shouted at them a lot Mm-mm. or dismissed their views a lot. Mm. And when they become leaders, they do the same thing, exactly. right? Because so, it worked last time. Because so it, it worked what, and they were rewarded very handsomely mm-hmm. for being these tough guys or whatever. So now they do that, and of course, in a new environment, that's toxic, right? So how do you help them? What would I tell them? Uh? Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. tell them the honest, unpopular truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they pay her for. <laughs> Which is where trust is so important, mm. right? Because in a coaching relationship, it's a very sacred relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like they know that I'm there to help them succeed. Mm. That what if I give feedback, it's never about the person; it's about the behavior. Right. Right. So that's where the trust is very important, and that's where between managers and team. It's the same as well. We can give critical feedback, right? But you must have the trust, okay? Right. So for the managers who are stuck, I just call them the stuck people, right? They are stuck in an unproductive cycle. They try very hard to improve things, but year on year they don't see results. They see attrition. Mm. They see low engagement. I think the ultimate shocker is when they receive a three sixty feedback, ah, and they're like. What? This is how you guys think about me, and you never even told me. And I see you every day. And you never tell me, yeah. so they feel very cheated as well. But I think the first question to ask them is always: If you think you are so good, if you think you are doing everything right, why does the evidence tell you otherwise? Right. What is the evidence trying to tell you, and what are you refusing to see? Yeah. That usually brings in more humility. 
more eating the humble pie mm-hmm. that I'm not so great after all or that maybe I'm quite good with a certain group of people but maybe with the Gen Z's or the younger millennials they kind of don't take my style right so then what is the possibility for me yeah. because it's very easy to fall into the fixed mindset and say that I'm authentic this is who I am and I don't want to change yeah 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 I right? hear that a lot but yeah. that's being a stick in the mud you are getting yourself stuck further. Then we will ask, then why do you come here? Why do you want to speak with me? I'm a stranger. Mm. I don't do your performance appraisal. What makes you come to the conversation? Mm. Right? And they always say, yeah, there's always this hope that things can be better. What if I'm already pretty good, I can be even better tomorrow? Right, right. Right? So that wanting to fulfill the highest potential, mm. we want to see what is the better version of ourselves. Right. So it is possible to detox lah. Yes, All these toxic leaders. it is. You must <laughs> be more humble pie <laughs> in order to detox. And looking back at past experiences, how have they been successful? What were the repeated patterns of failures? What can they learn from it? Yeah. A lot of times is about awareness. Like earlier, Adrian, you talked about awareness, right? What are your values as a person? What makes you tick? And it's only when you espouse the value that helps you build trust, right? If you say you believe in open communication and you behave otherwise, right? Or you go and start a witch hunt trying to find out who wrote bad things about you in the 360 feedback. <laughs> trying to decipher writing style, the handwriting. Yeah, because it does happen. It I'm does sure. Happen. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But the 360 feedback, or in, in our case, the 180, is very valuable, right? Very, very. The only thing is, don't wait till the yearly exercise to find out. But we don't tell our bosses that yeah, you have a toxic trait. <laughs> so <laughs> you I'm... need to improve. We don't do that. It's just not in our culture to do that, yeah. right? So everybody waits mm-hmm. for the survey la, at the end of the year. So for bosses listening in, I think this is one good feedback, right? Don't wait for the yearly exercise. Oh, go and ask Start people. Start inviting oh, people yes. for regular feedback. Give people yeah. permission. Yeah. And really show that you mean what you say. Yeah. Let's say you say your value is integrity, honesty, direct communication, and being respectful. Show that every day. So if somebody gives you a critical feedback, don't be angry. Mm. You can say, wow, that is quite shocking. Because I'm quite I'm, upset. I'm, I, I'm upset that my intentions weren't received. Yeah. But I thank you for being mm. very open and honest. Let things uh, deteriorate for the next few months. And right? be unhappy. Lah. Hello everyone, my name is Stephen Chia and I'm host of CNA's weekly news podcast, Heart of the Matter. Each week, my job is to ask the questions you have, like why is the COE so high? Why aren't singles dating? Or what's going on with the red-hot property market in Singapore? If you want the views behind the news, then tune in each week as we get to the heart of the matter. We are on the CNA and Me Listen apps and wherever you get your podcasts. Hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode when it drops. So you have a book coming up called Leaders People Love. In yes. fact, it's already out. And uh, I'd like to draw parallels to a speech recently by DPM Lawrence Wong. Mm-hmm. And he said it simply isn't possible to be liked by everyone all the time, which is 
a reality. So I think for all of us, we have worked with people that we don't like, but respect it, for example. Is that really good enough? Is that really good enough to just accept that situation, that status, and just make sure and just ensure that, okay, things will go on. Doesn't mean that I need to be liked by everyone, but things still keep operating. Is that the best scenario that we should be looking towards? Mm. It's like you have to strike a balance, you know? Yeah. You, you can't say, I don't care that people don't like me. Which actually, if you think about it, is the Lee Kuan Yew way, right? But could you work for someone you did not like? I could work for someone I don't like, but I must respect the person. Okay, right? so, so must like be baseline. Respect. Yeah, right mm. and respect are very different. Yep. Mm. Right. So I think that's the first thing we need to understand. Well, in the book, we did talk about striving for common ground. Okay. okay. We must try to expand common ground because the world has become so divisive you have different fractions, right? People mm. who just refuse or cannot see eye to eye. Cause. And it's causing many issues. Yep. While we strive for common ground, there are irreconcilable differences. Yes. Right. If we strive to be people pleasers, I think we'll be very miserable. So I agree with DPM Wong. Yeah, we cannot be liked, but mm. can we strive to be respected? Mm-hmm. Yes. Possible. Possible. But if you are disliked by every single person on earth, <laughs> including your wife, <laughs> yeah, then clearly something is wrong. Right? One of my friends used to tell me this story of Bob. A has a problem with Bob. B has a problem with Bob. C has a problem with Bob as well. Who is the problem? A, B, or C? Or Bob? Must be Bob. If the whole world cannot agree with you, it must be you. You must be the problem. You're the common denominator. Yeah, but some people would think that A, B, and C are the problem. <laughs> those who play the victim card, mm. right? Those who point at others and say that it's them, right? Mm. We try to find people who believe in our cause, mm-hmm. right? That's why the ability to influence, persuade, be other-centric is very important. Mm. The benefits are not for you individually. It's for the common good. I don't even use the word ethics nowadays because it is very debatable, right? I would say common good. Do something that will benefit the world. Do something that will make the planet a better place than the one that we we inherited. Mm. And find like-minded people who want to contribute to the cause, not in the same way, because your way is not the only way. That's Mm. one of my favorite chapters from the book. Your way is not the only way. (laughs) So don't be a dictator. Don't be a micromanager. Let people be creative. Empower them to do work in in the way they feel is best. Okay. Right? Let them use their different talents. As long as they contribute to the cause, it's good enough. But I think that there is some tension there to be honest, if you ask me. On one hand, you want people to be creative and you want them to add to the conversation, to add to the project, etc. But we live in a very results-oriented world. And in my work anyway, in a newsroom, things got to be done fast and, and they have to be done in good order, right? So sometimes that's where leadership comes in. Mm. You have to step in and say, you know what? It's my way. So, I don't know. That conundrum surely must always be there, right? Yep. yep. So, it's a very real tension. It's everywhere. That's why fear of failure is so high, Mm. right? What managers then can do is to close the learning loop. 
right? Earlier we said we have a lot of experiences, but we have not evaluated it. Yeah. For any person who is more ignorant just because of the lack of experience, the manager can say, okay, this time let's do it my way and see how it fits. You know, does it fit you like a glove? Would you like to make some changes, improvement? How would you do things differently mm. if you could do this once again? Right. Mm. So help to complete the learning loop. Then over time, you will see people grow. Because in the long run, it can't be every time this bulldozer have to step in, right? You if that is the case, then something is wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. A lot of the leaders I work with, they can't even go for holiday. Because if they go for holiday, the whole company will break down. Oh. They are the bottleneck now. So that is not Because good. that's where all the decisions lie. Yes, they are the heads. And the rest of the people are the arms and legs, ah. which is very unhealthy. You right. want to create a thinking culture. Mm. You, you want companies where you hire the best talents, you want them to think, right? You don't want to just ask them to just do yeah. what I say. Yeah. <laughs> then why we spend so much time training and hiring people? <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, yeah. But understanding that the margin for error is quite small, mm. take it as a learning experience. First time, do it my way first. Evaluate it. Do you like it? Not like it? Hmm. What can be better next time? Or, or whether it worked or did not work. Yes. How can Sometimes it be better? Sometimes the market decides the contest of exactly. ideas. Your lousy idea from last year could be the award-winning idea next year. Yeah, sure. That's okay. all fun. <laughs> Let me dig up all my old ideas. There's one thing from my teaching days I want to share with everyone. You know, it's three stages of learning. First is, I do, you watch. You watch me do. Yeah. Second stage is you do and I watch you. The third stage is forget everything I taught you and find your own way. You just do. <laughs> yeah, because once you have learned whatever you needed to learn, you can then innovate and mm -hmm. inject your own style. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, Crispina, there is a running joke about how ChatGPT can never take over leaders or manager. Do you know why? No. Because ChatGPT can give clear instructions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's quite funny. <laughs> but jokes aside, it is true that leaders can go beyond what AI can do. And today's workforce, I think they expect inspiring leadership. Lah. Especially for those people who may consume one too many video reels of leader influencer on LinkedIn. <laughs> so for leaders and aspiring one, upping your game really starts with self-awareness as we discussed. Mm. And also all the other traits like EQ, humility, because these are what separate the good leaders from the toxic ones. Yeah. What I took away from our chat, Chen Chen, is that I like the idea that we don't reflect enough about our experiences. Mm. I think we don't have the habit of reflection. Because we are in such a rat race, to be honest, we just do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't are. stop to think, hey, did the way I did it, was it bad? Could it have been better? Was it received poorly? And and so so there's no time in a way to reflect. We also don't have the habit of reflecting. Adrian, tell me, have you ever had anyone in your work life say, can you reflect a little bit on what happened there? or give you feedback. I think we are always in this time-tight situation that we always run out of time to even do such things. Yeah, so I feel that's the missing ingredient. It's all well and good to talk about soft skills. I personally feel some people are more suited. Like some people generally have a more patient attitude, they are more other-centered, etc, etc. But for others, maybe some reflection and learning definitely can 
close the gap, lah. Is is what I think. Thanks, Jianchen, for coming to the studio to talk to us about this very important topic. Hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversation. So my thanks always to the CNA podcast team. Till we meet next week. Remember, soft skills are the new hard skills.